0: Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of the Foundation Worldview Podcast, where we seek to answer your questions so that you can equip the children God has placed in your care to carefully evaluate every idea they encounter and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. I'm your host, Elizabeth Urbanowicz, and I'm thrilled that you've joined me for another episode today. Today's question says, how do I navigate maintaining a positive relationship with a strong-willed type A daughter? We have a tendency to butt heads and she tends to push the envelope and negotiate everything to her terms. Now, this is a great question. And at first glance, it might seem like, why are you answering this question on a Foundation Worldview podcast, Elizabeth? You know, I thought this was about carefully evaluating ideas, not about maintaining positive relationships. Why are you choosing to answer this question? That's also a great question. Um, I think this question actually fits in really well with what we do at Foundation Worldview because we're seeking to equip kids to carefully evaluate the ideas that they encounter and seek out the truth and scripture, the examples that were given in scripture are very clear that truth is always done within the context of relationship. I mean, that's what the gospel is all about. The gospel is all about God reconciling us to himself, that we can be brought into right relationship with him. When you think about Genesis three, you know, the results of the fall, what were the things that were affected? It was relationship. It was human's relationship with one another, human's relationship with God, even human's relationship with themselves. So talking about how to maintain positive relationships with our children is vital if we're wanting to equip them to carefully evaluate the ideas that they encounter. So this is the question we're going to dive down. Whoa, dive down and deep into today, but before we do that, just ask that if you have found the content of this podcast beneficial that you would like and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future episodes and also ask that you would consider writing a review and sharing this within your sphere of influence so that we can equip more adults to get our kids carefully evaluating the ideas they encounter. Now, whenever I hear a question where someone is writing in about a specific situation with a child in their care, um I always want to be really really careful because I'm going to be giving a broad answer where I know that this question involves specific people, real people, real relationships. And I know very, very little about the situation. You know, if this was somebody in my church or someone in my friend group that was coming and asking me this question, I would just ask them lots of follow-up questions to find out more details about what's going on in this relationship to make sure that I have enough information. Where right now, I don't have a whole lot of information. Um, I don't even know who wrote this question in. So I'm going to offer two things that I think are really important. And then I'm going to offer just kind of some general advice that I would give. The first thing to do is to pray, to pray, to ask God to give you wisdom. That I think a lot of times prayer we view as our last resort, where it really should be our first resort, because, you know, God is the God of the universe. God has control over everything all spheres of our lives. And so he's also the God of all wisdom. And so we want to ask him, you know, please, God, give me wisdom. Show me things I'm missing in this situation because God can reveal things that no other human would be able to reveal to us. God can also do things that no other human would be able to do. So I would say the first thing to do is to pray about it to pray about it. Also pray, you know, that God would soften your heart towards this child. Now, um, those of you who have followed Foundation Worldview for a while, you know that I am not a parent. I am single. I'm not married. I don't have children of my own. My context of working with children has been a decade in the classroom. And then, you know, just being involved with my nieces and nephews and friends, kids and kids within the body of Christ. But one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of times when parents have personalities that are very different than their children, that they can become very frustrated with that child. And I totally get that. I I don't get it from a parent perspective, but I get it from a teacher perspective in that I really struggle a lot of times with students in my classroom who had personalities that I just couldn't understand. And so I know it's the same frequently with parents, that when you have a child that has a very different personality from you, that can be very challenging. It can also be challenging when a child has a very similar personality to you and you feel like your sin is being on display in front of your face through your child. And so I would really uh, just ask you to pray that God would soften your heart toward this child, because that is a prayer that God will faithfully answer, you know, that Jesus came to turn the hearts of the fathers toward their children. And so just pray, God, please turn my heart toward this child. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to root yourself in the local church, root yourself in the local church, in the local body of Christ, and intentionally build those relationships so that you have people there who really understand you, people who really understand your child, that you're submitting yourself under the authority of the pastors or the elders at your church, and that they can speak wisdom into your life in these situations. This is something that I see is just so confused right now in the Christian community that because I think, because we're so transient, you know, when we get up and we tend to move to different towns or different states, even different countries, you know, every few years, and because we have this false sense of connectedness, through social media, I see a lot of people not really being deeply rooted in the local body of Christ, where that is where God has primarily called us to invest our time and our relationships. And so people who are wise within your local body of Christ, they're going to be able to guide you and offer you wisdom that I can't because, you know, I'm not there with you in your daily lives unless, of course, um, you're one of my friends listening to this. And then then please reach out. And I'd love to, to help talk through this with you. But those are the first two things that I would just really encourage. Pray, pray for wisdom, pray that God would soften your heart towards this child. Root yourself in the local church because in your local body, you're going to be able to find wisdom and insight that I can't offer to you because I don't know the exact situation. Now, just in general, to anyone asking this question, you know, I have a strong-willed child, they're very type A, you know, they tend to want to negotiate everything on their terms and push the envelope, a few general things that I would recommend that you would do is first that you would pray through what ways, the ways in which you have sinned against your child. And then you would actively confess and repent of those sins. Because we are all going to sin against the children that God has placed in our care. Why? Because we are sinners. You know, hopefully with each year of our lives, as we're submitting ourselves under the authority of God and his word, as his spirit is transforming us more into the image of his son, hopefully with each passing year, we will sin against our children less and less, but we are never going to be sinless on this side of eternity. So we are gonna sin against these children in our care. And it's so important that when we sin against them, that we confess that sin both to God and to that child, and that we repent, that we ask for forgiveness and turn from that sin. Because if we have sinned against these children in our care, which we all have, and we haven't confessed and repented of that, there is a hindrance in that relationship. Um, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but when we look at the narrative in Genesis chapter three, which is of the fall of mankind, we see that immediately. As Adam and After Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree, as they rebelled against God, we see three relationships broken down. First, the relationship between one another, one another, that they realized they were naked and they hid from one another. And so sin breaks down our relationship with one another. Then second, we see the brokenness of their relationship with God, that they ran and they hid from God. And then third, we see the brokenness of their, even their relationship with themselves, their understanding of who they were, that rather than confessing and repenting of their sin, when God confronted them, they shifted the blame and started blaming others in the situation. And so sin always cuts down relationship. So if you want to actively have a positive relationship with the child or children that God has placed in your care, you have to make sure that you are confessing and repenting any time you sin against this child. And you know what the great news is? We don't have to walk around, you know, worried about like, oh, did I sin against my child today? Am I going to sin against my child? No, no, no. We're not supposed to walk around with this attitude of fear over that. But we are supposed to walk around with an attitude of humility. Humility, a correct understanding that, yes, we are going to sin. And we can trust that the Holy Spirit who resides in us, who is the deposit guaranteeing our redemption, that he is going to convict us when we sin against the children God has placed in our care. I'm sure all all of you, or at least most of you listening, you know, have experienced that. I know I have, you know, that when I sin against someone, even if I try to justify that, the Holy Spirit just won't let me alone about it. You know, sometimes it's, for me, it's been days or even weeks. You know, I can remember a few situations where it's even been months of me fighting against the conviction of the Holy Spirit and saying, no, that wasn't sin. That wasn't sin. I needed to do that because of this. And the Holy Spirit just won't let me rest. But the great news is in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness okay so we have the promise of forgiveness that's the first thing that i would say make sure that on your end there's no sin on your part that is hindering your relationship with your child now there's going to be sin on your child's part that is hindering his or her relationship with you and in those times it's really important that we make sure that we are not just letting our child get away with his or her sin that we're being honest. Okay. You know, when you rolled your eyes, when you slammed that door, when you disobeyed me, when you, you know, lied about this, that was wrong. We need to make sure that there's consequences for that and that they also understand that there is forgiveness and there's forgiveness because of what Jesus has done for us. So that's the first thing. Okay. Confession and repentance. The second thing I would encourage you to do is make sure that you're setting appropriate expectations for this child. You know, all children are different. And so, you know, all our Our interactions with all children are going to be different, but we need to actively seek out wisdom for what are appropriate expectations for this child. You know, if we have a three-year-old and we're expecting that three-year-old to be completely self-controlled and be able to sit down on the sofa still for 20 minutes, I mean, that is a completely unrealistic expectation. Okay. Three-year-olds are just exploring their sin nature. There's going to be lots of tantrums. There's going to be lots of crying. You know, it's not that we just lift up our hands and say, oh, well, you know, I'll just let her have a tantrum for the next half hour. No, there needs to be consequences for that. But we need to understand that that's what's going to happen when they're three. And when they're three, they can't sit down and sit still for 20 minutes at a time. You know, that's just not an appropriate expectation. So making sure that we're having appropriate developmental expectations for them in that we need to figure out which battles are worth fighting and which battles are not worth fighting, you know, because there's some things where our kids might be stubborn and rebellious, and we might just have to lift up our hands and say, you know what, I'm just going to let them deal with the consequences of that, of that rebellion. And we see that, you know, even in scripture, you know, in Romans one, it makes clear that, you know, the way that God punishes societies, when they choose to worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, is he gives them over to a debased mind. You know, that's what we're seeing in our culture right now. Why is it that our culture is so sex-crazed and is just, you know, reveling in just debauchery and just all sorts of sexual sin? It's because God gives us over to a debased mind when we rebel against him. And so there's certain battles with our children that we just need to say, you know what, I'm just going to let them see the natural consequences rather than fighting this battle. My mom, I think, did a pretty good job of this when we were growing up my brother during a certain season of his life, I think he was like five or six, you know, so he was pretty young. He was very stubborn on what he would and would not wear. And we would walk to school every day because we lived probably only about a half mile from our elementary school. And we were growing up in New York. So it's very cold. There's frequently, you know, feet of snow on the ground. And we would walk to school every day. And my brother was just insistent that he wanted to wear shorts, you know, in the middle of January. And, you know, for a few days, my mom fought him on it. And eventually she was like, okay, this is a battle that's just not worth fighting. And so eventually she said, you know, my brother said he wanted to wear shorts and my mom said, okay, you know, Tim, you understand it's cold outside. And if we get halfway to school and you're cold, we're not turning around, you know, and if you get to school and you're cold, I am not coming back to school with a pair of pants for you. And he said, okay. And sure enough, you know, we're walking in probably like 17 degree weather, you know, and my brother's little legs are exposed. And we get, you know, like a block away from home, and my brother starts crying and, you know, begging to go home and put on the pants. And my mom's like, nope, that's what you said you wanted. And that's the agreement that we made, you know. So she brought him to school and had to explain to the teachers why he was so inappropriately dressed. And he never asked to wear shorts again in the winter. (laughs) Um, And then I think of myself, you know, when I was growing up, I really struggled with, um, anytime I didn't get what I wanted, I would pout and I would kind of just have a miserable attitude and I would have a pity party, you know, and my mom would try to help me correct that attitude, but it was just a sin struggle that I struggled with for a long time. You know, even into my teens and my early twenties, I struggled with that. And my mom just realized somewhere along the way that it was not a battle worth fighting, you know, that when I was miserable and when I was pouting and rolling my eyes and sighing loudly and trying to make everybody feel as miserable as. I was. My mom would just say, "Okay, Elizabeth, you can choose to do that. You can go to your room and do that. You're not going to make everybody here miserable." You know, so it was just not a battle that was worth fighting. So we have to at, like ask God for wisdom and discernment in what are the battles that are worth fighting and what are the battles that are not worth fighting. You know, there are certain battles that are worth fighting that respecting authority Our children obeying when we tell them something that they need to do. That's a battle that's worth fighting for. Why? Because it's a biblical command for children to obey their parents. Now, we're not going to put unrealistic expectations on them. You know, we're not going to be authoritarian. We're not going to command them to do ridiculous things. But when we ask them to do something, they need to obey. They need to learn how to respect authority. So that is a battle that is worth fighting. When we're talking about actually having time in scripture, maybe we have a child that doesn't enjoy spending time in scripture or doesn't like when we have a family devotional time. Well, you know, they might not like that, but that's something that they are going to have to be involved in because we know that that's ultimately for their good. You know, when they make a commitment to something, When they tell someone that they're going to be somewhere, they need to follow through on that commitment, that if something better comes up along the way, they can't just pull back and say, oh, sorry, I can't do that because they want to do something else. Following through on commitments is a really important thing. So all of these things that are really important to their development into adults, you know, that know how to live a healthy God honoring life. Those are battles that are, I would say, are typically worth fighting. Now, again, I don't know the person who wrote in this question. I don't know the situation. That's, again, why I would encourage you two things, prayer and being rooted in your local body of Christ, because God can give you wisdom that no one else can. And those in your local body of Christ are going to know you and are going to know your family in a way that other people do not. And they're going to have wisdom and insight into what you should do. Just a few other resources that I think are really helpful for situations like this. Um, the um, the series by Paul David Tripp, a parenting series called "Getting to the Heart of Parenting." I think it's just you have to buy DVDs for it, but it's a great series on talking about you know how to parent in every season of life through the lens of the gospel. So, "Getting to the Heart of Parenting" by Paul David Tripp. There's another series called "Visionary Parenting" that's put out by um, Rob and Amy Reno of Visionary Family Ministries. They do a great job of talking about you know how to really have the heart of your child ha- that you. Your child really trusts you with sharing his or her heart, you know, so maintaining those positive relationships. So again, that's Visionary Parenting by Visionary Family Ministries. And then Parenting with Love and Logic. Um, that's another series that can be really helpful. It is put out by Christians. Not all versions of it are Christian versions of it. They have some that are secular versions that can be used in schools, but it goes into that series goes a lot into brain research and talking about how our brain processes information and how we can present things to our children in a way that's going to help with the way that God has designed their brain. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, but as always, as we leave our time together, my prayer is that God would richly bless you as you continue to faithfully disciple the children that he's placed in your care. I'll see you next time.